Welcome to the Digital Freelancers Podcast, where you get the latest strategies for starting, growing, and accelerating your digital marketing business. Now, let's get started with your host, Mike and Mike. Hello, and welcome to the Digital Freelancers Podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Fleischner, here with Mike Hall. And today, we're doing a little bit of a reboot, and we're talking about how to become a freelancer. Mike, you and I covered this topic probably a year ago, maybe even longer. We talk about it each and every time that we speak with our audience, but we thought it would be a great time just to circle back and really talk about how you get started. And uh, maybe we'll share a little bit of our stories as part of this, but we've got a lot of ideas and suggestions that we want to share with all of you. So before we start, quick shout out, reporthopper.com. Beautiful reports made simple. Guys, you got to be delivering reports to your clients. Show off all the good work that you're doing. Go to reporthopper.com and get your free reports with this amazing, amazing piece of software. Hey, what does that software cost, Michael? Is that is it's expensive, I'm assuming? I think it's actually free. The best word in marketing, right? They know how to do it for sure. So, Michael, today we're really talking about how to get started as a freelancer. You know, it's a new year and people who maybe kind of went through some craziness last year are thinking, hey, now might be a good time to earn a little money on the side. So where do we start this journey? Where do you think people who are kind of in that mindset really need to focus? Yeah. So I think the place to start is not asking yourself, what is it that you can do? But it's asking who you can serve. Because if you start with the end client, you can have conversations, you can ask questions with a curiosity that's going to give you the right answers that will then tell you what it is that you need to do. So instead of going, you know what, I'm pretty good at Facebook or Instagram, I'm going to be a, a social media guy. Instead, think, what industry do I really care about? Or what industry do I really want to be helpful to? Might it be all of your local donut shop owners? Might it be all of the local chiropractors, or might it be all the local, you know, uh, people that make the screws that are super, super tiny that go into eyeglasses. I, I don't know what it is, but whoever it is that you want to serve, you want to start, you want to start there by asking yourself who that person is, because what a donut shop owner needs is very different than what a chiropractor needs when it comes to digital marketing. So if you start there, and then the second thing is to call the owners, the people you know that are in that industry and have a conversation. Say, hey, tell me what you do. How is it working? How do you know it's working? What do you measure? Uh, what kind of things do you look for in somebody that does digital marketing? Do you outsource your work? Is it in-house? Why do you choose that? Ask all of those questions and just listen. Understand, okay, this is what they do. What then might I do that will allow them to do their job easier, to do their job better? All of the tools that you might have, all of the knowledge that you have, all that really is, is a head start in order to get you uh, out the door quicker to be able to help them faster. So if you have a head start, great. That's going to be super helpful in letting you help people. But if you don't have a head start, that's okay too. You just start running. And as you start running, you're going to get the tools you need to serve your customer well. So a little bit different than, than maybe traditional thinking of, hey, what do you do? but start with who is it that you want to serve? What, what would you add? What would be one of the first things you do, Michael? Yeah, I, I love that angle, Mike. I think, you know, I would come at it slightly differently, which is 
Um, and this builds on something you said. I would really start with informational interviews and just asking and speaking to as many people as I possibly can, especially in the market that you're looking to serve. So if you know you want to just have a neighborhood business and maybe you start knocking on doors at the bagel shop and the hair salon and the cleaner, you can simply have a conversation and say, hey, what kind of marketing do you guys do? You know, do you use a freelancer? Do you do it yourself? Do you have a local rep with the local, you know, paper? Uh, do you do online advertising? And really start asking questions because ultimately what you'll find are opportunities. And I remember when I started, you know, I helped, I was in seeing my doctor and I started asking questions. He said, what do you do? I said, I'm in marketing. And we started a conversation and I said, you know, tell me about the marketing that you do. And ultimately that doctor became a client and not a paying client initially, but he became a client who I served really well. And ultimately he became a paying client and others became paying clients. And that was one way to ease into it using kind of this vantage point, Mike, that you bring to the table, which is focused on who you want to serve. I also think you need to be realistic in terms of what you're good at or what you like to do so you can marry the two together. No, that, that's good. Well, and you brought up just an interesting point, interesting point there with your buddy who's a doctor that he was a client, you said that didn't pay you at first. I'm assuming that means you were giving him some free consulting and just kind of helping him talk Correct. the way he was doing things. So if you're starting out though, to go to the client that you think you want to serve and say, hey, here's what I'm doing. I'm going to do digital marketing and I would like to serve you for five hours a week for free. How can I do that? And they're going to think you're crazy in the head. Why would they hire someone for free? But if you can explain, hey, I know that I'm going to learn so much by just getting my hands dirty and doing things and understanding the ins and outs of your business better than anybody else then that's going to give you that head start you need. So to start off, you might even start by saying, hey, who do I want to serve for free? And don't worry about the, the money element yet. But speaking of the money, if mm -hmm. you are going to start freelancing, maybe you have a job, maybe you got laid off with COVID. And there, how does the finances work when you're starting off? What I mean, and there's a lot we could talk about. We could do 17 podcasts just on the finances of mm -hmm. freelancing. But maybe in broad strokes, strokes Michael, when... A freelancer begins, how would you advise them to think about their finances? I think there are two routes, right? One route is, well, let, let me take that back. There are three routes. Mm -hmm. And I took this route, which was I wanted to be a freelancer, but I didn't want the risk of being a freelancer. So I worked at my full-time job until I was making the same, if not more, as a freelancer, and I left my full-time job. And that's because I was so super conservative back in those days. And I was scared. I, I was scared that I wouldn't make it. I didn't really believe in myself. So that's option number one. Option number two or path number two is where you start out really from nothing and you build a business over time. And that takes a considerable amount of time. It could be years until you're producing enough in you know, income to really kind of live the lifestyle you want to live. And then the third path is really focusing on making it happen almost instantly, going out and finding a client who can basically replace your salary. And you might do that as a consultant. You might do that by taking on project work like 
uh, building a website, and I'm not talking about a little rinky-dink website, but a $20,000, $30,000, $50,000 website, and make that sale. And that is a little less common, but it can be done. Mm-hmm. So I think you really need to think about what is most realistic for you and what your current situation is. You know, an example, I know someone just recently, um, they've done some freelancing for me actually and for the agency. And um, this person's uh, uh, husband lost their job. So, you know, now they're in a situation where they need to keep working. They can't say, you know what, I'm just going to do freelancing and that's it. They really need to keep their job. So you have to think about your specific situation and what makes the most sense. And Mike, I know when we've had this conversation in the past, you you have a theory or a, an idea of how people should be approaching this. And uh, you know, I think it involves some kind of jungle dude. This is it. The, it's the, the law of Tarzan is, is don't let go of the current vine until you're holding on to the next vine. Otherwise it's not good. So make sure when you're swinging vine to vine that you're, uh, that you're not 75 feet above the trees and falling to your death is what I'm saying. So there (laughs) are a lot of people, they're excited about freelancing. So they go and they quit their job and then they go, oh, but I've got a mortgage next month. And I now what do I do? Right. So think smart about your finances there. Um, You know, the other thing, Mike, when I talk to people who are thinking about freelancing or really thinking about starting any kind of business, an entrepreneurial business, the thing that I found people need most uh, is, and you could say it both ways, permission or encouragement. And by encouragement, I, I would define that, a friend of mine defines it as uh, the ability to give people courage to do something that they otherwise wouldn't do. So encouragement, not just in a, come on, go for it, but to be able to speak into somebody that says, no, you can do this. And, and here's how or why I think you can do this. So Obviously, you and I aren't going to give that to the the uh, you know thousands of people, strangers listening to this podcast because we don't know you. But if you're on the fence of going, you know what, I do want to start this thing. I've got this um, this nudge, this this gnawing inside me that makes me go, you know what, I I want to do it. But there maybe there's some fear, there's some uh, some intrepidation, there's some nervousness that you have the thing that you might need is encouragement from somebody. You might need to go talk to somebody and go, hey, can you give me the courage to do this? Or maybe you need permission. Uh, Maybe you need a spouse or a a parent or a best friend to go, hey, go do it. Um, There's some of that where you have this weight and they'll, they'll shoulder some of that burden with you. It's still your responsibility that when you go bankrupt, they're not gonna bail you out, right? But to, to get to take and receive encouragement and permission for someone might be the next step you need to do in order to start your freelancing business or your uh, venture. And if you're a freelancer, by the way, and you're listening to this already, you might be needing the same thing to, uh, to, to take it to the next level, or you might need to look for somebody to give it to. Yeah, look, I mean, that's so important, Mike. It's your self-talk and it's also hearing it from a friend, from a partner, from someone who can encourage you to make it happen. You know, I think the other thing too is the crawl, walk, run strategy. And I know you and I, Mike, have used this in our businesses and in working together. And there's nothing wrong with giving yourself time, giving yourself the space to actually create the freelance business or the freelance projects that you want. 
And maybe that means that you only take on one small project until you're comfortable enough to take on the next and then the next. And what you'll see is that over time, the more you do it, the easier it becomes, the better equipped you become to really manage your time and your schedule and do all of that perhaps while you're working a full-time job. I mean, I can remember on lunch break going out to my car to make client calls. And I did that for a long time. And at first it was really awkward. And, you know, occasionally I couldn't do it and I had to do it when I got home or I'd come home, have dinner and then first start working. You know, a lot of people look at where you are in the moment and, you know, they have some thoughts about it. But the reality is only you can know what your comfort level is in terms of how quickly or how fast you grow. So, Mike, one of the things I really want to ask you is kind of thinking back to the time that you spent kind of getting started and running your own business. You know, are, are there any lessons that you, you've not just that you've learned, but that you look back on and not wish? Again, I keep correcting myself because it's such <laughs> a delicate and it's so personal for everyone, yeah. but anything that you would do differently? Uh, yeah, I would. Uh, I would embrace failure uh, quicker and with my arms wide open. Uh, it, you know, it's an adage that's easy to say that, hey, you learn more from your failures than you do from your successes. But to live into that and to say, uh, hey, it's it's not just uh, the silver lining, but it's the way to success is through failure. So mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. to not try to avoid failure but to dive right into it. Now, I don't try to fail. I don't go out going, I hope this thing really bombs. But when it does bomb, there's there's no sense of self that goes, well, you must be a failure. You must suck. Uh, instead, it's, oh, that failed. Okay, great. I know this doesn't work. And I know that the reason it didn't work is because of these preconceived ideas I had about the business or the vendor or myself. And why did I think that? Is that some something from the past that I've believed in a lie? Is that because I don't have the skills that I thought I had. Is that because I uh, prejudged a situation or a person when I shouldn't have? What, what's going on there? And that there will help define me and has defined me and help me to make better decisions in the future. In my past, mm -hmm. um, if there was a failure, first of all, I, I couldn't fail because I thought failure reflected who I was as a failure. I, I couldn't be a failure. So I ended up making bad decisions of throwing good money after bad because I had to keep this thing alive. Um, or I would just go, oh, it's failed. So let's just put this in its own little box and call it something different and segment the rest of the business from that. So it's really its own thing. But then I missed the opportunity of actually learning from, hey, what's going on here and improperly killing it when I needed to kill it. It would just live on and suck, right? And you were never really free from it in your brain. It always took up this little mind space. It was like, oh, you know, here I am. And it would, yeah, you get it. So yeah, yeah doing again, I, I would uh, I would make eye contact with failure and smile and say that's okay that's this is going to be part of life. What about you? What would you do differently looking back? Yeah, I mean, quite honestly, Mike, I think that's it. The only thing I would add is to really learn from those failures. Hmm. And uh, you know, case in point, I did work for a publishing company many years ago, and uh, I thought I was doing a great job, and then. You know, someone on the editing team said, oh, well, we can't do it that way. That's not our writing style. And there was all this internal conflict and the whole project, you know, imploded. And I learned from that experience 
not only what to do at a tactical level, but more importantly about getting everyone on board, getting all the stakeholders together. And it's really made a huge difference in my business. So it looks like that's all the time we have today, Mike. So uh, again, we are the digital freelancers, Mike and Mike, and we're so glad you guys joined us today. Be sure to check out our sponsor, Report Hopper at reporthopper.com and definitely give us a thumbs up, a star, anything that will help this be shared with other people. And one more thing. Hey, if you're a digital freelancer or you're thinking about being a digital freelancer, one of the greatest things to do is check out the previous hundred and something podcast that we've done in the past. There's a lot of great information in there. So check it out. Hey, again, this is Mike and Mike. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Be sure to hit the subscribe button for this podcast and share your favorite episode with other freelancers.